Hey guys, I am super excited to share today's interview with Amanda Thorson, who you may remember back from episode 42, which was called Running a Successful Donkey Business with Amanda Thorson. I became friends with Amanda a few years ago and have always enjoyed chatting with her about all things business. She runs a very different kind of a business from mine, but she does so really well, really intentionally, super successfully. And today I am excited to have her on the podcast for a completely different reason. And that is that she is in the midst of a Kickstarter to fund her new book, which we're going to talk all about. But I have watched her work on this book project for essentially the entire length of our friendship. It's a huge milestone, something that anyone would be proud of. And I'm very excited to chat with her about all the details because I think most of us at some point or another have sort of an idea about, oh, this personal project would make a great book or wouldn't it be cool to see my images in print that way? Today, you're going to get the story straight from, uh, (laughs) shit, can I say the donkey's mouth? That's a terrible thing. But I think Amanda will forgive me. Anyway, I know you're going to enjoy this conversation. If you happen to be listening to this when it drops, so that is mid-August of 2021, two things to know. Number one, this Kickstarter expires at the end of August. So if you are interested in helping fund Amanda's book or getting a copy or multiple copies for yourself, You need to follow the link in the show notes um, and make sure that you're doing that sooner rather than later. I strongly encourage you to do this. I think the book is going to be amazing, and I think it's a really great way for us as artists to support other artists. The other thing that I wanted to mention is that my Revenue on Repeat members are getting a live training on Friday, August 20th about sales and marketing of their memberships. So Revenue on Repeat is my course teaching photographers how to create a portrait membership in their business. And this live training is only open to people who own the program prior to August 20th. So if you're listening to this live and you have been thinking about getting Revenue on Repeat, make sure you go to thiscan'tbethathard.com slash revenue and join today. And now on with the show. Welcome to This Can't Be That Hard. My name is Anami Tonkin, and I help photographers run profitable, sustainable businesses that they love. Each week on the podcast, I cover simple, actionable strategies and systems that photographers at every level of experience can use to earn more money in a more sustainable way. Running a photography business doesn't have to be that hard. You can do it, and I can show you how. Amanda Thorson, welcome back to This Can't Be That Hard. How are you? I'm good. Good. We're once again chatting a year later, and somehow we're still dealing with COVID nonsense. I hear you guys are back under lockdown in Canberra. Yep. 5 p.m. last night. Mm. Pretty excited. Mm. Well, I'm glad that opens up your schedule to have a nice long conversation here on the podcast. Yes, because you do have some really fun stuff happening that is totally different. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to just back up for a second and fill those people in who may have missed your first episode with me on the podcast. Last year, I did a series of episodes that talked about sort of these avatars that I've created for different work models, business models, the unicorn, the donkey and the workhorse. 
And I brought Amanda on to the podcast for the third episode to talk about how she runs a really successful, thriving donkey model business, because I feel like that is sort of the unsung hero of the business model world. And today we're talking about something totally different. Although I would like to wrap it around at some point and talk about how those two things are related, how a donkey model business may have made space in your business for creating this particular thing. But what I've brought you on today to talk about is the book that you are getting ready to actually bring to print that you currently have a Kickstarter going for. So I'm going to shut my mouth and let you introduce the book and the project and tell us a little bit more. Yeah. Um, I, well, this book started three, I think it's like three and a half years ago now. Yeah. And um, it's, I photographed 75 um, naked Canberra women in their bathrooms. And the whole process started really from, um, I just, I see a lot of naked people in my work mm-hmm. <laughs> because I shoot a lot of boudoir and then like breastfeeding. And for a while I was doing birth photography mm-hmm. and I found that my brain was kind of changing as far as how I saw naked bodies. Like, I feel like we are programmed from a young age to see bodies as either like good or bad. And we're like, the bodies that we see on TV are very small and very taught. Is that a word? Yeah, taught. <laughs> yep. Small, <laughs> and, uh, taught people on television. <laughs> yes. Young, fresh faced. Um, and they're all very good looking and good for them. Um, but I feel like when we're in our own bathrooms and we're looking at our own bodies, a lot of the time it's a bit of a downer because you're like, well, what's that like very attractive, small, taut person on TV? And then there's me who's had a couple of kids. Sometimes my stomach kind of looks like a scrotum. Like it's just <laughs> not, it's, it's, it, it it was would make you feel a bit sad sometimes. But the thing is, is that I realised that those kind of small people on TV, they're not the, like, that is n- not how most people look. So right. when I went to see other people's bodies, I was like, oh, your body looks totally different to the people on TV and it looks totally different to me. And But it's still a wonderful body. Right. And, yeah, I just felt my brain kind of being reprogrammed by seeing so many different bodies and so I was like well maybe I could make something that like helps other women just look at a lot of bodies and be like oh look at all these bodies that are different um and your body is different too and that's cool so absolutely yeah and I love what you say about it sort of reprogrammed your brain I actually have often thought about the fact that I worked as a nurse in the labor and delivery and postpartum units of a hospital. So lots of naked women's bodies that I interacted with. And I mean, obviously they all had one specific thing in common in this particular time, but I felt like that happened in a pretty pivotal time in my life because it was in my mid to late twenties and it was right around the time that I started having kids and, you know, those changes that do take place in your body and just sort of going, I mean, I had kids on the early side and it, you know, I was still sort of transitioning from young, very young adult into slightly less young adult, uh, at the time. 
And I felt like it was a really positive mental shift for me to have that sort of barrage of every shape, size, color, taught to not taught <laughs> range. <laughs> That's going to be the word now, isn't it? I know <laughs> it is. And, uh, and, <laughs> and it was, I think that that was really a powerful thing. And I, anyway, not to go too deep on that, but I, I love that you bring that up. I would love to hear more about how that concept then came to be like women in their bathrooms. Did that really have to do with the mirror? Was the context? How yeah. Did, yeah. I, I think the main thing, like my first idea behind bathrooms is that I wanted to have a space where people are very comfortable being naked and it was mm-hmm. very natural mm-hmm. um, and kind of having that intimate setting, but a setting where I could go into and people like, we could just have a chat and while I took photos and they washed their hair, like it just gave them things to do as well. And they just, cause I didn't want it to feel like boudoir or like, it wasn't meant to be like a sexy thing. It right. was just meant to be like a snapshot into their lives. Mm-hmm. And, but I also recently have come t- um, to feel like it might be a little bit more symbolic as well, as far as bathrooms are where we learn about bodies like our own bodies and it's kind of our first introduction to bodies so mm-hmm. I, like my own kids and the way that they interact with my body like they just kind of see me in the shower a lot of the time they kind of like play the drums on my bottom uh-huh. and tell me how lovely and soft it is things like that and I remember seeing my own mum's naked body and then going to a friend's house and then I don't know, this wasn't in a creepy way, but I saw her mum naked in the bathroom too. Like I just kind of walked past the shower mm-hmm. and they wanted, they were one of those families who was like a bit nude. Um, and I was like, oh, that lady kind of looks like my mum, kind of, not quite, but right. even at like the age of six or something, I still had in my mind, like I was starting to notice things. Um, and I, I feel like, as parents and especially as a mum, those times in the bathroom with my children really helps shape how they feel about themselves. And I think it's really important that, like, the words that we use about our bodies and things like that is so important. Mm-hmm. And um, so I just think it, yeah, it's just is a nice little package of bathroom goodness. I don't know. <laughs> Does that answer the question? Absolutely. And, you know, I think it's, it also sort of harkens back when you're talking about making people feel comfortable and, you know, that that is a normal place for them to have their clothes off. I think about um, when I'm talking to potential clients or clients who are trying to decide where they want to have a session, I like to photograph families at home. That's usually my go-to unless there's some real specific reason that they don't want to do that there because in part, it adds that sort of additional layer of comfort and convenience for them, but also sort of authenticity. I feel like people Mm -hmm. are more themselves in their own space. And so I love the fact that you were, it's also usually a pretty physically close space, intimate space. So, you know, it, it sort of adds that layer of, um, compositional, uh, uh, you know, it gives you sort of a creative hurdle or, box to work yeah. within yeah. well I had to shoot I had to shoot everything on a 20 mil yeah um, just because it was like very small like some people's bathrooms are tiny sure um 
And there was some really, in, like, this is the side note, is there was some super interesting bathrooms. I just like snooping on people's houses mm-hmm. as well. Like, I got to go to so many different bathrooms and some, like, weird bathrooms, like weird renovations. Like, one lady had a giant mirror in the shape of, like, had, like, the it was in a circle and then the, had this tail that came off it in like mosaic tiles that made it look like a giant sperm on the wall which I was like oh that's an interesting (laughs) um design choice and she was like yeah it was here when we bought it so that's amazing I hope you featured that in the book yeah like I I don't know I don't know how prominent it is but like and if other people will notice but when I saw like whenever I see those images they do make me happy. <laughs> That's funny. I'm going to, I'm going to put that in my things to look for when I, when yeah. I get it. Um, okay. So three and a half years ago, you have this idea, you think like, Oh, I, I'm going to, I'm going to make a personal project. I'm assuming that was sort of how it started. Like yeah. I'm going to do this personal project. So walk me through how that, how you went from idea to actually getting going with the project. Hang on, guys. I have a quick message for you. Are you feeling stuck in your photography business? If you're bogged down or burned out or unsure what the next right step is, you're not alone. I've been there and I know firsthand that quicksand feeling where the harder you struggle, the more stuck you feel, which is why I created the Photographer's Business Plan Glow Up. The Glow Up is a five-part workshop designed specifically for photographers like you. In the Glow Up, I lead you step-by-step through a process that will help you clarify your goals, identify the sticking points that are holding you back, get inspired by some of the systems and strategies that are working today in the photography industry, and then create a completely custom roadmap to take you from where you are now to where you want to be. It truly is a Glow Up for your business. Getting perspective can be nearly impossible when you've got your nose to the grindstone day in and day out. So this short workshop is an opportunity to reset, reevaluate, and rejuvenate your business, and it's all on demand. If that sounds like exactly what you need right now, click the link in the show notes or go to go.thiscan'tbethathard.com slash glow to get started today. Yeah, I, I didn't think it through super well, if I'm being honest, like I was just like, yeah, I'm going to take photos of naked ladies in their bathrooms. That's going to be awesome. I didn't really think about how many hours it would take me right. <laughs> and how much work. So originally I was going to do 100 and then um, I started working with designers and when they saw how many images were coming through and stuff, they were like, you don't need to do 100, just kind of finish up whoever is like volunteered and so it actually was 74 and then I volunteered myself Mm -hmm. um which I photographed at um TFN um oh good yeah yeah they were good bathrooms so you'll know actually that's probably maybe too much information for the people (laughs) who were at TFN because they're gonna be like there's Amanda's butt um (laughs) yeah I was like, yeah, let's just start doing this. So I pretty much did like, well, Caleb, my husband, I have mentioned him on here before, I think, that uh-huh. he's a little bit of a, he just does everything. And so I was like, can you make me a like a website? So he just made up a little website and we had like business cards that just said, we were originally, we called it women in bathrooms. And so, and it just had the website and I just hand them out to people that I knew and, um, and, and it just had, 
a couple of my friends who like I've kind of got like my naked friends who are all, always willing to be like nude for me. So I'm like, yeah. you want to? And then so they were on the website first and then I did kind of like a big shout out to all my people. So I had about 150 people sign up and 70, yeah, 74 went through with it. So I had a few like people at the last second freak out oh. um, and not want to do it. And then I had other people who just kind of, there was a lot of good intentions, but then when it comes to actually being photographed naked, by a lot of the time, like it was like I was going into strangers' homes. Sure. Like there were a lot of my clients and past like brides and families and and like midwives and different people that I'd known, but then there were just a lot of people that I'd just go to their house and be like, hello, I'm Amanda, take your clothes off <laughs> and let's take some photos. Um, so, <laughs> yeah, but um I think that was the main process. It was pretty straightforward. I just got them to sign releases. And sure. um, and yeah, did you go else. into it with the plan to make a book with a book? So that was part yes. of the release that you were having yes. them sign? Yes. So, um, yep, I've always wanted to do a book because I liked the idea of it kind of being, I never really wanted it to be much online mm-hmm. because people are mean um, sure. online. And I kind of wanted to protect the women and like all the photos are anonymous I don't think I mentioned that yet but like so people I did a lot of like creative cropping and towels in front of faces and fog and different things but I I wanted I really wanted to protect the women because the reason that they were coming forward to show their bodies wasn't because they were exhibitionists it was because they wanted to be like here's my body um this is what I look like I'm showing you so that you know and hopefully it'll make you feel better about yourself so it was kind of so I liked the idea of making a book that was a little bit more private but that you could have around your house and, like, maybe that your kids would flip through mm-hmm. and, like, your daughters and would see them and also things that you could gift to friends. Like, I know it sounds weird of maybe giving a friend a book of naked photos but I just I feel like there are a lot of conversations that are starting to happen around bodies Yeah, and um, I wanted to be a part of that. Absolutely. Well, I grew up in a medical family and I remember, I mean, the, the nude photos that I had access to were my parents' old like anatomy textbooks and things (laughs) like that. doesn't really give you a whole lot of information, a lot of information, but nothing at all. And uh, because most of them are drawings, but I do think that kids are quite um, curious naturally about nudity and that sort of thing. And I think that um, you're absolutely right. Like the conversations that are happening now around the importance of the language that we use and the um, the images that our kids are seeing and not seeing, uh, uh, that, that has sort of become more of a conversation point. So I absolutely see your book as a great gift idea or thing to have, you know, out in public. It's not anything to be hidden away in a corner of the house. No. <laughs> so that's... Very cool. I, I wanted to get back to what you were saying about people who backed out at the last minute. Did you end up dealing with anyone who had this the shoot and then said, you know what, I don't want to be part of this? No, I haven't. I haven't had that yet. Um, I'm still like, honestly, um, we're probably like, we're going to give people a warning because we haven't gone to print yet, like, mm-hmm. because we're raising like um, money through Kickstarter. Um, but we've spoken about it um, that we're going to give people a warning before we go to print just so that, um, like, 
I think, yeah, just in case. Like, yeah. Because if someone's just like at the last minute, like, oh, I can't, um, I'll just like, it'll be 74 women. So I have so many images. Um, but yeah, I, I never wanted it to be, I don't know, we just have enough like baggage when it comes to our bodies. And yeah. so that's why I would try to be as patient with people and understanding it with people if like they backed out at the last minute or things like that. Because um, I just don't want to add to that. I just yeah. want to make it really positive. And it, it's a funny thing because a lot of them feel very, like they just see it as this small kind of individual thing. Like I went to their house, I took their photos, that's it. Um, but for me, it's such a huge project because every time I'd come back, I'd add another set of photos. And so it feels like this massive community project. Yeah. Um, but they won't understand it until they hold that book in their hands, you know right. what I mean? And they won't see um what they've been a part of until and all the other women and when you see it like all the women side by side it just becomes um yeah much bigger and you don't really notice like you really don't notice one body it's just so many bodies yep so when was the last shoot that you did it was just before covid hit so in australia so it was february of 2020 wow so it's taken a while for us to get to this point um, of because the book is actually completed, like it's totally ready to go to print. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was with the designers for over a year. Um, and then it's just been, I don't know, I think we've been kind of slow with getting things ready just because it's, I think we're a bit scared, honestly, mm-hmm. like putting things out into the world, making yourself vulnerable, like we were just afraid of failing. <laughs> so we were a little bit like it wasn't, we were always working on it, but I think that we weren't particularly like quick. And and then you have to get like, I don't know, when you're waiting on other people, um, so we had to wait on the printers to get quotes to know how much we'd need and stuff like that. So it takes a while. Well, tell me a little bit about the book design process. I think probably a lot of photographers at some point or another fantasize about like, oh, I have this personal project. Maybe I could turn it into a book. Um, I think that the idea of doing that is probably quite different from the reality of the work yes. involved. So <laughs> yes. fill us in. I think um, like the the main thing that we wanted from the very beginning was that we wanted this book to feel like beautiful and expensive and like um I didn't want it to be like I don't know just something that I printed on I don't know one of those websites where like everything's out of focus you know like our bags all grainy and stuff so we wanted to go the full like we have gone the fancy route Mm -hmm. um so there's a designer in um Australia he lives in Sydney his name is Christopher Doyle and his work is just out of control, beautiful. And um, years ago we talked to him about doing branding for um, my business and we just couldn't afford him even mm-hmm. though we wanted to. Like, I don't know, his latest um, thing he just launched, he's, he's doing, the like, the brand stuff for TikTok. So, like, he does oh, huge, wow, yeah. huge. Um, High-end yeah, high-end clients um, and his little Amanda who's like, hey. <laughs> um, so what happened was, though, he's originally from Canberra and he came down to do a design talk. Mm-hmm. Um, we won tickets to go see the design talk um, and then afterwards there was like 
drinks and canapes and stuff. And I just was like, hi, Chris, remember me? I'm Amanda who couldn't afford you. Um, I'm making a book of naked ladies and I'd really like you to design it if possible. And he's just a really nice guy and he's like, yeah, no, I'd I'd love to work on that. And he was the one um, who came up with the title, which is There Is No Normal, and that was through that conversation because I get very passionate and talk with my hands and I'm like, there is no normal body and blah, blah, blah. And so, um, yeah, so he agreed to come on board and then um, he didn't actually design the book. He had um, two women, um, Josie and Em, um, who worked with him, and so they took the project, which... It's been really wonderful to collaborate um, with people who also felt really strongly about the same things. So when I handed it over to them, um, they were like, what do you want to do? And I was like, I'll give you a little bit of, like, guidance, but they kind of took it and ran with it. So the design of the book, I would say, is just as important Mm -hmm. as the photos themselves. And they just made my photos look a million times better. So it's not just like just one photo after another kind of slapped on pages. You know how like yep. sometimes we're like, yeah, my photos speak for themselves and I'm just going to put it in this book and one after another. But no, the placement and the way that they've chosen the photographs. So some of the things that they'll do is they'll have um, two photos of different women doing the same thing that I didn't yep. even notice. So there would yep. be one where like this, both scratching their neck or washing their hair in the same way, showing the similarities, but Yeah, it's just really beautiful and it was so lovely to have, like, I felt like we had a team doing Mm -hmm. it and so it wasn't just Caleb and I sitting in the studio. So, um, and they've just been super supportive and, yeah, so, yeah, they're That's amazing. So you would, so in the beginning you just kind of sent them a giant stack of the images that you had called and edited. Yeah, Um, so we kind of, like, um, I kind of sent them through all of them and then we kind of narrowed them down together. So they're just like, okay, now choose the top three from your top three from each shoot. And then as you know, when you're like laying anything out or designing a lot of the time, the images that work aren't necessarily your favorites. So they would go back and um, yeah. So we just kind of worked on that. And then like they came up with the concept to begin with and, um, and a cover concept and we, said yes or no to different things and um yeah and then but most of it like after we'd kind of agreed to the original kind of concept of the cover and stuff they just kind of went for it um and they also interviewed me um so there's like an interview part of it and Mm -hmm. they wrote some things and then they actually went and got um sent out questions to all the women who we photographed so a lot of them there's just like quotes with from them um, about their experience and their bodies and things like that. So it's really, yeah, it's just come together. It's it's not just a, like it is a photo book, but there's lots of beautiful little kind of surprising things in there. That's, I was going done. to ask whether you did any of that interviewing. I mean, obviously when you're actively photographing, you are having conversations, but you can't always record that in a way that, you know, is, yeah. it's not like you're going to put your camera down and take notes, but um did you, when you were sort of coming up with the concept and when you went to photograph people, were you thinking about doing any interview component or was that all afterward when the book was being designed? All afterwards. Like I was just like, I'm going to take some nice photos. Um, so I don't think I was thinking of like 
like I definitely knew I wanted text in there, but um, yeah, we just sent out questionnaires to everyone afterwards and just made a big spreadsheet of all their answers. And yeah, um, so yeah, that was definitely led more by the designers than by yeah. me, which I'm very thankful for because it makes it way better. For well, I mean, and I think that there's something to be said for playing to your strengths, knowing what your limitations are, yeah. and you know, and doing the things that you do best. I would not be the right person to lay out a book. <laughs> um, the So when the edits were done and you felt like you had a book that was ready, um, what other kinds of, I imagine there are design decisions about things like cover material and paper yes. weight and the fonts and all that sort of stuff. Did you mostly yes. just sort of let them do that and you gave approval or? Um, yeah, I mostly let them do it. And then... Um, before lockdown, Caleb actually, um, for those of you who don't know, my husband like does printing and he's a big paper snob. And mm-hmm. so he went up to Sydney and him and Em met with the printers um, and just kind of looked at the papers because I think we're having like three different papers in it maybe. They know wow. better than I do. <laughs> but like there's all these like special papers and, um, yeah, fanciness. That- oh, I can't wait. Yeah, so it's yeah, it's going to be beautiful. It's yeah. very exciting. Um, yeah, so Caleb went up there and and did all that stuff with them. Very good. And then tell me about the Kickstarter process. I've had a couple of friends do Kickstarters, but I have never participated. And I, I mean, I've participated as a sponsor or whatever you call it, but I have never run a Kickstarter. How does yeah. that work? Um, Kickstarters are kind of interesting as far as like a lot of people don't understand that, um, you have to set a goal and if you don't reach the goal, you get zero dollars. Right. And so, um, that was an interesting kind of experience having to choose the amount that we were going to go for, um, what we thought that we could get, um, as opposed to what we actually needed. Right. Um, so that was, um, and just choosing what to write and, the, like, making things. Like, we did a lot of reading. Actually, no, I'm lying. Caleb did a lot of reading. Um, once again, not my gift area um, mm-hmm. as far as research and stuff. So he just, like, was, like, um, read all about, like, if you don't, if you're not successful, like, if you don't launch well, you won't be successful, your whole Kickstarter, because most of the, um, they say most of your, pledges come in like the first day or so and then the last day yep um so we just were like sending out emails to people and trying to like just like every kind of contact that we had just to make sure we told everyone about it I think that we were pretty blessed as far as like because I have so many women in the book they were really invested in it and so a lot of them bought copies um, or like have pledged to buy copies and then they told their friends. And I feel like um, having a community, like I've been a photographer in Canberra for like 13 years Mm -hmm. and so I just saw people come out of the woodwork that I haven't spoken to for years and support it. And I was like, oh, I didn't even know you still like followed what I was doing. Like I took your wedding photos like 10 years ago. (laughs) So I definitely benefited from having an audience already like Mm -hmm. and a mailing list and Um, people on Instagram and also a lot of I've been talking about these kind of things for years I think it would be really difficult for someone who like if you're a photographer out there and you're like "Mm, I really like um I don't know 
poodles. I love poodles. <laughs> no one knows about my um, passion for poodles, but I'm going to make it into a poodle photo book. But none of your like audience or followers or friends are particularly into poodles. Um, right. I just can see how hard it would be to raise the funds. And Caleb, when he was doing a lot of research, he said a lot of photo books fail Interesting. Um, in yeah. the Kickstarter. Um, and he said it's not uh, an area where you tend to raise a lot of money right? Um, with Kickstarters. Um, so I was very thankful that it was very much up the alley of like a lot of the people who already follow me. Right. Um, and then everyone else stayed very silent and got very uncomfortable, like my <laughs> very conservative um, evangelical American relatives. Yep. Radio silence. <laughs> they don't want your naked women in their living room. No, they don't. Oh. They don't. I'm already, I'm a bit of an embarrassment to them, but that's all right. <laughs> They're lost. They're lost. I know because of our conversation before that the number that you set on Kickstarter, which you have already surpassed, congratulations. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Was not really even close mm-hmm. to what it's going to cost mm-hmm. you to to produce the book, but now mm-hmm. you're locked in. Now it's like, I am yes. committed to doing it. So yes. tell me how you decided. I mean, I understand that you didn't want to set a goal that you weren't going to potentially reach, Yeah, which might've been the number that it would cost to break even on creating the book. But, mm-hmm. um, you know, it's sort of like, I guess you just set a budget and said, we're willing to kick in this much of our own money. Yes. Okay. Yes. Um, so, um, the whole project, I'll just tell you how much it's going yeah, to cost. Yeah, I was going to say, um, give us, yeah, give us no. the money details. Yeah, yeah. So it's going to cost, um, it's about, give or take, yeah, I'm, I think about $45,000 mm-hmm. without, that's without factoring in any of Caleb and I's time. Right. So, um, yeah, we'll never get the money back for that, but that's all right because this is something that's important to us. So... Um, one really great thing that happened last year um, was, which is a totally kind of separate money raising thing, is that um, I got given a grant from the ACT government where Very I live, cool. so um, the Australian Capital Territory. During um, the first lockdown, mm-hmm. the ACT government um, did a, um, a round of um, they called them home front grants for mm-hmm. artists up mm-hmm. to ten thousand um, dollars. In Canberra to just encourage Canberra artists. I didn't get the first round, but they had so many people apply that, like, um, three or four months later, I just got a phone call from the Arts ACT, and they're like, "Hey, Amanda, um, we're going to give you ten thousand dollars for your book." And I was like, "Yes, that's awesome!" Because nice. um, so that was really good. So that took it down to thirty-five, um, and then. Um, yeah, so to break even, so we asked for 15 mm-hmm. um, from the um, from the Kickstarter community and the reason we came to that number was just because um, we thought we could get that much. Yeah, sure. <laughs> Like it wasn't, there wasn't that much to it. Like we legitimately just sat down and were like, how many books do we think from our community are we going to sell? Right. Um so at the moment, I'm at about 19, which is really great. Yeah. Um, and like the thing to remember as well is that like, I don't know the um, like we have to pay 
Kickstarter fees. So when you're factoring in the amount as well, you have to like know that you've got to give sure. Kickstarter money. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, so we're going to spend quite a bit of money, of, of, of our own money, but I, I just, I don't know, like I just really want it to get into the world. So yeah. we're just like, I, I don't exactly know, like the business is just going to pay for it. You're investing in yourself. And I, you know, I have to say, and you're investing in something that you're like a, a concept and a, and a project that you're passionate about. And I have a ton of respect for that. I don't doubt that this will eventually come to break even or even become profitable for you. I yeah. mean, I think that there's that potential as well, but I love the fact, I think a lot of artists that I know have, you know, there's a fair amount of like money scarcity mindset issues and unwillingness to bet on an unsure thing, if you will. Mm. And, and that, you know, I'm, as you know, a big evangelist for you need to set your prices to be profitable and you have to b- believe in yourself and all this other stuff. I think that sometimes when push comes to shove, if someone's not willing to invest in themselves, maybe not to the tune of $35,000 to create a book, <laughs> but, you know, even in some small you know, where they're nickel and diming their own selves and their own businesses that comes across to potential clients. So I I think your mindset around this is wonderful. And I hope that that turns around and pays dividends, which is part of the reason that I've got you on the podcast, because I want everybody to go sign up and join your Kickstarter before it closes at the end of the month. Right. So August 31st. Yeah, I think it's the 31st or either it's either the 31st or the 1st of September. It's okay. one of those. I probably should know that. You should. Um, but yeah, yeah. I'm those, as I said, not super detail oriented. That's <laughs> I just okay. Take photos in the bathroom. <laughs> yep. The point is go sign up today. No yeah. time to waste. Do you know off the top of your head what the actual per unit cost of creating a book at this level is? Yes, yes. So it's probably um I th- I think each book is about like it changes obviously mm-hmm. like it's a really hard but at the moment we're going off like the minimum we can print is um 500 mm-hmm. um so we've got I think it's about 45 to 50 dollars a book okay yeah so, and then yeah. you've got the you've obviously paid people to help design the book and there's, and you know, all there's editors. Of, yep. There's yeah. There's all the things that you don't like, there's lots of little things that you don't think about, but yeah. So we're charging 95 Australian dollars yep. um, for the book. Um, and yeah. And like, if we break even, it'll be like, party at the Thorson's. We'll yeah. be pumped. But even if we don't, <laughs> we'll still be pumped because we've got this like, sexy book it's yeah so pretty and with yeah. your name on it I know it's just gonna be like yeah makes me feel like I don't know a grown-up yeah <laughs> congratulations on being a grown-up that's thank wonderful. you thank you so much so do you know once the kickstarter closes let's yes. say that you have um let's say that more than 500 books are spoken for during the kickstarter so let's say that mm-hmm. you get past that minimum number that you have to print is your plan to print more than have been ordered and then try and distribute it yes and so um I've already had um a wonderful store in Canberra who is um wants to have it in their shop and then I'm going to kind of do a shout out and try and get it in some other kind of specialty bookstores and things like that and then um 
once again, Caleb has told me that he's going to get it distributed. Like there's like some independent book distributors, so he's going to um, talk to someone. So there's probably not going to be very many in the world. Like I'll be shocked if we get more than, like I don't think we're going to print more than 500. Mm-hmm. Um, but um, even if there's 500 of them in the world, that's nice. Like I think that'll be good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and signing up for the Kickstarter means that you get a first edition. Exactly. Well, good. If you, and I mean, I know you're still kind of mid process because the book has not been actually printed, but based on where you are now, if you could go back and whisper into your three and a half year ago self's ear, like what would you do differently? How would you, I don't know, would you do anything differently? That's a good question. Um, No, probably not. Like, I feel like I am. Like, I feel like we made good decisions as far as, like, yes, we might not make back our money, but I feel like when I look at the just the spreads of the book and how beautiful it is, I'm really proud of it. Um, And, you know, when you make things sometimes and it's heading in a good direction, but then you make a poor decision to save money and then it just turns out a bit crap. Yeah. Um, and that was what I was really worried about. And I've seen some other books that like, like I went and looked at other books and I was like, this could have been amazing. Yeah. Um, but people um, obviously look kind of like took cost cutting sure. measures, which is totally fine. And um, I understand that I'm coming at this from a place of privilege. Like my business has enough money in it and we make enough money taking photographs that we can support this. But I'm just really thankful that I chose to do this the right way because I think that if I had designed it myself it would have looked okay um but this is something that I'm going to put into the world and if I like I can't say that I'll probably ever make another book like unless like a publisher or something wanted me to do that like it's a lot of work on our own um but I'm really thankful for the experience and I'm thankful yeah, just for the people, like I just brought in good people. I think yeah. that's the main thing is that I didn't go for like a designer who I knew and was a friend or something, but I knew that their aesthetic didn't quite match up. Like I knew I wanted it to look a certain way and I wanted it to be super cool. And so I needed cool people to make that happen. So I think if I, yeah, um, yeah, maybe me being so naive as well and just kind of being like, I'm just going to do this and ask all the people, like, I, th- I think that actually worked in my favour this time. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's great. And I do think that um, I have seen some photo books. I think it's particularly important when you're talking about an art book. It, you can't you can't scrimp too much on the, you know, paper and ink quality because it, defe- it kind of defeats the purpose. Um, mm-hmm. So, yeah, no, I think that, having those kinds of standards, even though it does end up costing more, you know, if you can, if you can build that into the expectation is, uh, is smart is the way to go. It's also, it's like when I go and buy a cookbook, you shop with your, you shop with your eyes. So. Oh, you sure do. Like if it's something pretty and if it's like nice to touch and like nice paper and stuff. Yeah. Like, I think that's what I'm most excited about. It's just like, just seeing how nice it looks in my hands. I think that's really good. I am also looking forward to that. And I would yeah. just like to request on the record that I get a signed copy. <laughs> oh, a signed copy. Okay. Yeah. All right. No, I'll, um, I'll, I'm pretty She'll sure. File I'll file that under, you up. we'll consider it maybe. <laughs> maybe. 
it'll it'll actually you know what it will depend on is if I get enough American um, people purchasing it. Yeah. Um, it will like we'll have a distributor in the United right. States. So otherwise, but if I ship it and I yeah, you better believe it. Otherwise, well, I'll just have to come visit you. Afterwards I was going to say, then, or the next time I come to Australia, I'll bring my copy and make you sign it. Yes. <laughs> Excellent. So are you going to have a launch party when you actually have the copies and have all these women show up for the party? Yeah, I think we are. Like, um, as I said, one of a lovely store here in Canberra has offered to have it in their shop and they have also offered to have the launch party, which is really nice. Yeah. So I think we'll do that. Like, um, I am definitely like a people person as far as like I love to have one-on-one conversations. The thought of being in a room with everyone coming to see something that I've made and wanting to be like, hi, Amanda, nice to see you, that terrifies me. So like that part of me doesn't want to do it, but um, Caleb's been giving me pep talks. He's like, you really need to do this. Yeah, well, so the good I feel news like- is you'll be able to very accurately imagine many of the attendees naked so yes that is true but I can't remember what anyone's faces look like which is the awkward part like I know a lot of them but there are people that I like literally went into their bathroom and I was there for like 15 minutes and took their photos and then have never seen them again and because everything's taken anonymously sure. I was like I wouldn't probably recognize you which is really awkward because be really I've funny. seen them naked yeah you're like I remember you yeah, oh. you have a nice butt, but I don't remember your face. <laughs> I don't know if I can say that. Sorry. <laughs> I think that that is uh, perfectly appropriate. I, hear, I hope they all hear this. Well, Amanda, let everybody know where they can see more about the project and then where they can find you on Instagram. Yeah, I probably think that just going to my Instagram in general is probably the easiest because that's where I like post updates and stuff. So it's just at Thorson underscore photography and there'll be a link out to my um kickstarter and stuff so yes it would be nice if people want to support it um if you don't want a natural copy of your book you can just like support and get like a postcard so you don't have to have all the nudity you could just have like one naked postcard if you want (laughs) (laughs) and um do you have a timeline for when you expect to ship yeah i think um like COVID is definitely going to affect this. So we've said probably like March, what year is it? 2022. 2022. Yeah. Yeah. So I think um, like we would like it to be um, sooner than that, but I just think that the printing process at the moment is really delayed. So, um, but as I said, like once it's over, like we're pretty um, set to go. Actually, we'll probably start looking at, um, doing things in the next few weeks, even before it finishes, because now that we know that we're going to get the cash um, means that we can start kind of finalising and sending it off to get ready to print, which is pretty exciting. And that March delivery date is just in time for Mother's Day gifts. I'm just going to put that out there. You could get your Mother's Day shopping done way early. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, if I gave that book to my mother-in-law, she would not be excited. (laughs) Okay. We're talking about the cool moms who are of a different generation. Yes. (laughs) Oh, Amanda, I'm so excited for you. I'm so, don't let it sound like I'm being, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, I don't, 
I'm proud of you. Like it's such a huge undertaking. And when I first met you, that was like when this was in its infancy and it, to see you go from like idea all the way through to this stage, I'm just thrilled. I'm thrilled for you. I'm thrilled to have this book out in the world. Mm, thank you. And yeah, thanks for your support. I saw your name come through. <laughs> so I was very excited. Yeah. Absolutely. No. Yeah. Thanks for telling people. And um, thanks for your podcast. It's always awesome. <laughs> All right. Well, have a great day. And, uh, and maybe we'll get to talk again next year about this process in the rear view. Oh, cool. That sounds good. All right. Thanks. All right. Talk to you later. Thanks. Bye. Bye. Well, that's it for this week's episode of This Can't Be That Hard. I'll be back same time, same place next week. In the meantime, you can find more information about this episode, along with all the relevant links, notes, and downloads at thiscan'tbethathard.com slash learn. If you like the podcast, be sure to hit the subscribe button. Even better, share the love by leaving a review in iTunes. And as always, thanks so much for joining me. I hope you have a fantastic week.